Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. Thank you very much for making us a part of it. Hello, Gordon. Do you feel like you're a part of it? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sitting here, so yeah, I would hope so. And your I'm very your present. Voice is uh, invading into uh, everybody's space out there right now. Invading is a little aggressive. <laughs> well, you're grateful that people are listening, so that's that's a good thing. How's Day treating you over there? Just fine, thank you very much for asking. Treating me very well uh, as well, and uh, we can't say so much for Austin Horton, who's not here. Uh, Talon Chapel filling in for Austin today. Austin, uh, he's got. Uh, we're, we're debating on the best way to put this. Uh, got a little, got a little gastric distress mm. going. Don't you hate it when that happens? Picked up a bit of a a bit of a bug, and uh, now I uh, I don't want to know what he's doing. But when it, did it's he, not pretty. When did he get the the bug? Uh, when did that happen? I'm not sure. I I got a text this morning, uh, early this morning. That uh, he had spent the whole night um, evacuating, yeah, yeah, (laughs) getting everything out, so to speak. And I believe he went and saw the doctor and and said he picked up a flu bug somewhere. Well, that's... uh, Those frozen pizzas will kill you. Yeah, he he thought, he said he thought he was food poisoned at first, but the doctor said no, it's it's a bug. Did he blame the baby on that? He did blame the baby, actually, because the baby apparently has been ill for, for a few days now. And, and, yeah, he said he picked it up from the child. Mm. Well. We wish him all yeah. the best. Stay yeah. hydrated, Austin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fluids. Lots of fluids. That is that is no fun. No, no, no we, fun we at all. We don't need to elaborate anymore. No, no, we don't. We just wish him a very speedy recovery. Uh, when was the last time you were afflicted with such a thing? The flu? It's been a while for me. Oh, the, the, the stomach the flu. The stomach flu. And it's just, uh, the last time that happened to me, Jake, uh, I lost like 12 pounds. I remember that. Remember? Yeah, you were sick for a few days. Yeah, that was that was miserable. Mm. But, like I said, everybody can relate at some level at some time, but nobody wants to think about that. Last time I uh, this was a couple months ago, I got bronchitis mixed with strep throat, and that put me down for a few days. But that stomach flu—that well, that's no uh, fun because you can't leave. You know the proximity of the bathroom. Well, you, you feel be... like crap, and you and you, you can't you can't move, and you can't go anywhere, and you just you, it, yeah, it's miserable. Can't you just say you feel poorly or something like that? <laughs> Why did you have to go down that road? <laughs> Inappropriate. Okay. Uh, we have a lot to do today, Gordon. Bowler is going to be here during the entire 5 o'clock hour. We love it when uh, Craig Bowler Jack gets the chance to come in and uh, say hello. We'll talk to him about a lot of the basketball stuff going on out there. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert back in the news uh, based on last night. So we'll get Bowler's opinion about all of that. We will give you our opinion about that, and uh, we'll try and have some fun along the way. There are a few random fun-type stories out there. We'll try to mix in some college football as well. 
Yeah, there's there's some crazy little nuggets out there that we'll get to, and you know th- those are fun to talk about. It's fun to just sort of kick those about. And BYU in the news. Brett McMurphy was on the station today and had some very interesting things to say about BYU and uh, the AAC. And we will explore that throughout mm-hmm. the show as well, because I know you have a, an opinion on that one. Plus, you have a column up, right? Talking about Rudy? I do. At uh, SLTrib.com. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, it was interesting. Did you did you look at the ballot? Uh, the way the writers voted? for the Defensive Player of the Year. We have a couple of uh, regular guests on our station that have some explaining to do. Oh, really? We do. Because I thought most of we'd we'd asked our NBA Daily Assist guys if they voted for Rudy, or I thought they at least mentioned several of them that they did. That Not the case. Uh, well, uh, you know, I don't want to get into names, but somebody whose initials are Howard Beck voted for Rudy Gobert. Way to go, Howard. All right. Sam Amick. Not so much. Had him second. Behind? And, uh, behind uh, the Greek Freak. And who else? Frank Isola had Rudy second. And uh, Chris Mannix had Rudy second. Wow. We're going to we're gonna have to talk to them about that. Yeah. That's what I thought. Because to me... It is so that that is the easiest decision of all the awards. I mean, it, it's so easy for anybody who's really studied it out. So, anyway, my opinion. Just and that. Probably a lot of people's opinion around here. So we'll have to talk to them about that. But uh, Rudy did win, and we will talk about that. In fact, let's do it right now, Gordon. Let's go ahead and get to it. It's the time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The winner of the Sportsmanship and Twyman Stokes Teammate of the Year Award, Mike Conley. I'm glad I only, I only had to come up here once. But um, I'd like to thank, obviously, um, all the players in the league. This is a truly a great honor, accomplishment. You know, a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, I do on the court, off the court, you know, I, I don't really care if I get any kind of recognition for it. But this is really cool. I really do appreciate it. And Utah, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to do something special. So, all right. And the Kia NBA Defensive Player of the Year is... Rudy Gobert. It's all my teammates. You know, uh, I say this all the time, but it's a team game. And, uh, you know, when you have guys that bring it out every night, you know, coming every day with the same focus and, you know, and uh, I compete like we do, uh, it's inspirational. And, you know, from the coaching staff, Queen, who is just a little competitive, AJ, the Jazz organization, Miller family, you know, it's uh, just uh, unbelievable for me. You know, uh, my mom that's here tonight, and, you know, we came from Miller hometown in France. Je sais que just want to, you know, thank you. Two years in a row, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, and you also heard those comments that Mike Conley had that has a lot of folks around here, Gordon, fired up. But let's start with Rudy 
And uh, you could tell he was his honored. You heard him say his mom was there. And uh, these types of things are a big deal to Rudy. It's a big-time motivator uh, for him and his game. And uh, you like to see people accomplish their goals and, and get rewarded for them. Yeah, he cares, and he cares deeply. And uh, you hear him talk about his team as he picks up another individual award. And, yeah, I mean, in order to play good defense, you have the care factor has to be high. Uh, and Jake, uh, it's because I don't know what it is about basketball, but uh, the accolades come with scoring and uh, sort of taking care of business and showing everybody you can take care of that business. Defense, you got to have a different mindset, but every bit is hungry, every bit is aggressive. And Rudy has that. The only way you can do that is if it comes from the mind and the heart. And I don't think anybody questions that with Rudy Gobert. No, I think it's his strongest attribute, uh, I think, is his drive and his uh, his determination to improve. I, I think that is what you need to be a great defensive player. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I thought he was even more deserving of it this year because he expanded his defensive game. Who thought that was possible? He was much better laterally this year. He was much better on the pick and roll uh, when it came to defending that. And maybe the blocks were a little bit down, but you pointed this out yesterday. I think you're right on the money. A lot of that has to do with NBA teams game planning to stay away from Rudy Gobert. How many times did you see a guard, an opposing guard, dribble into the area around the basket and then dribble back out? And say, well, never mind. I mean, we I saw that time after time after time. And you just don't see that in the NBA very often. I mean, Steve Nash used to do that, but he was always looking for someone to pass the ball to. And uh, But Rudy forces that. Well, I do think there's a little difference between what happens with Rudy oftentimes and a Nash dribble. I mean, you see guys who make a living in the paint, you know, full-on stop what they're doing and go back out as opposed to, you know, gnashing right. it under the hoop or whatever. Yeah, all I remember, and you saw every game, Jake, guards going in there and then coming right back out again, either dribbling or passing. Because the, 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 on the floor, the worst thing that can happen to you as an NBA player, as far as embarrassment goes, is getting your shot blocked. And I don't know why it's that way, but that's just the way it is. Guys don't like that. They feel like that's a personal affront to them, and they want to avoid it at all costs. Now, Rudy had already qualified for the Supermax, so he w- he's now uberly qualified for the Supermax thanks to his All-NBA finish and his two Defensive Player of the Year. So the Jazz will have the opportunity to uh, pay him a lot of money when he comes due for his contract extension. Then the question becomes, can you pay a player who specializes at the defensive end $49 million a year or whatever it would be? It's going to be a tough decision. And it is. And But knowing Rudy between, let's see, that would come, what, two years? I think he's eligible to negotiate it next year. Is he? Well, he's got to continue to develop his offensive game, and we've seen advances in that regard as well. So we'll see what happens. He is so dominant defensively, uh, but that's an awful lot of money to pay somebody. It's an awful lot of uh, the percentage of your your payout to, uh, to, to give to a player who who does most of his business at one end. Now, we know the other – 
we know his value at times in the pick and roll, and we, we saw him dunk the ball time and time again and maybe work on a few of his moves around the basket. He'll have to continue to do so, I think, for people to feel completely comfortable with what his payday will be. I think so, too. Um, and that gets back to the determination to improve, uh, where we were talking about how Rudy has really added to his game throughout his career. He's gotten better. Each and every year, he was an offensive weapon at times last year, and he needs to diversify a little bit now. And by the way, his his offensive production, I think, will go up with Mike Conley, yeah, the addition I, I, of, of Mike Conley. I think that's really going to help. But you and I have talked about this over and over again. If he could just find a go-to move that he could rely on when the shot clock is, is winding down to give the Jazz another almost automatic option, I, I like the idea of a hook shot myself, but, you know, uh, we're, we're not coaching the team, but they got to find something to diversify his offensive game a little bit. So it's a little harder to take him out of it offensively. I would agree with that. Uh, the thing is, you know, people used to say when he was when he was really pretty quiet at the offensive end. Uh, that he doesn't have to do anything more than what he does on defense. The problem is because of the structure of the way the Supermax is assigned, he kind of has to do more. Yep. So we'll see that uh, continued evolution this next season. But uh, keep an eye on that because uh, he's going to be expensive, and so he needs to give the Jazz or whoever he's playing for every bit of what they're paying, and that's quite a bit in the Supermax category. Interesting to see those voter uh, breakdowns, Gordon, that uh, I'm looking at. Greg Anthony of TNT had Rudy third. Yeah, there's a number of guys who had him third. And Joel Embiid first. Hmm. Yeah, I... When it comes to these votes, you wonder whether people are really... what they're doing, you know? Because I I think there are biases that come into play. Uh, Anybody who has really studied what Rudy does and the effect he has on the game, there's no way in hell you can put him third. Whoever did that, and there's a number of them on there because I went through and looked, uh, is, 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 uh, is just not paying attention. Or... Or they have something in their mind, uh, some agenda of some sort. Not to, to divert the conversation too much, but it's another reason why these awards should have nothing to do with the players' contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact that the a media vote is tied to how much a player can make is kind of ridiculous. Mm. I mean, Gordon, we like to pretend that our, our opinion matters. But it really shouldn't to how much these guys make. No, it's why I hated the polls in college football for so long. Polls, uh, opinion should not determine opportunity. Well, it still entire, does. For entire teams. I know. I don't like it, but uh, that's the way it is. So. Who else had Rudy third? If you go through there, you can see, pick him up. I just looked at Rudy's name in the third place category. Scott Agnes of The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Keep talking, Gordon. This is, yeah, I, this is small print. They're, they're, Stephen Bondi of the, or Stephen probably of the New York Daily News. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it wasn't that common, but they are there. And so when I saw those, it just what are you really looking at? What? I think those are the only three. Or there only are others two. because the page it goes on to the next page. If hmm. you look at it carefully. all right, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, Rudy gets it. And, uh, you know, and, and Mike Conley gets the Lady Bing trophy or whatever it's called. Uh, you know, is that what the NHL calls it? 
I actually don't know. I think that's what it is. Um, anyway, he this is the third time he's gotten the NBA Sportsmanship Award. He, th- that is really remarkable when you think about it. Mike Conley must stand out as just being one heck of a nice guy to everyone. And it's, it's, it, you just don't win that award three times like this. And he's, he won the award for best teammate? I mean, I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know him a little better yeah. because it sounds like it's going to be a privilege. Well, on a, on a team full of young dudes, too. I mean, Kyrie Irving couldn't handle that with Boston, right? So Mike Conley has a team of young guys in a difficult situation where they're not winning a, a whole lot of ball games. Where and we've seen this in NBA locker rooms before, Gordon. People get a little grumpy when when things aren't going all that well. And in that situation, still to win that award, I think is really impressive to me. Last night, uh, he uh, he was asked on the red carpet. You know these these NBA awards. I mean, it really. Do you it like is, the whole dog like, and pony show? I watched the whole thing, and it, not even because I really wanted to. It's just that I felt like I needed to, to sort of, you know, I mean, it's part of the job. I, I don't enjoy award shows, and uh, this one was, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, Mike Conley was asked out on the red carpet how it felt to be talked about in the light that he's been talked about since the trade was uh, became known, that the Jazz are now a contender with his addition. What do you think he said? Hit me. He said, I look at it completely differently from the opposite side of it. He said, I just hope I can learn to fit in with these guys and, uh, and uh, acclimate myself so I can be useful. And I thought, man, if this guy really means this stuff, he's kind of like the perfect jazz player. What's he been doing in Memphis all this time? Well, a lot of winning, actually. Yeah. Well, there's been that. but And on a reputation you don't really often see in the NBA anymore, you know, the grindhouse and all that physicality and, and defense and those things that aren't necessarily all that popular, that's the, that's the mindset he's come from. And he's, enorm- he's extremely popular in Memphis and yeah. uh, with and, that fan And around base. the league. Right. So, so he has that, uh, that reputation. So it would, it would really shock me if he is in a very good locker room fit because that's, that's, that's kind of his thing. And with this particular team, with this group of players, you would think it would be real easy. Yep, a seamless fit. But uh, I, I, I think the most important thing from his comments, though, last night, Gordon, was we had last we'd really heard kind of rumors about how much Mike wanted to play in Utah. It came from his dad, and it wasn't exactly positive. And last night on that you know public stage, he's looking forward to it and and thinks that they can do something special. I mean, that's. That's all you need to hear, right? Yeah. I mean, he's gonna he is going to fit in seamlessly because he wants to be here, right? And so that I thought was extremely positive from a jazz standpoint. Is that's that's a guy with some enthusiasm to come to Salt Lake City? Well, it was interesting because the team he earned the award with, he did not really mention the team he's coming to to help advance the cause is what he chose to mention. He mentioned his teammates, didn't he? Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. I thought he mentioned his teammates. I thought you said you didn't watch. Well, I've heard the speeches and all that. I mean, I Maybe do I do pay attention, but I didn't torture myself by sitting well, down for I don't six that. hours of whatever that was. I don't hold that against you. Because I can spend an hour going over everything pretty much that happened. You mean you didn't want to see the Shaq comedy routine? 
No, no, I didn't want to see any of that. Although, who was uh, one of the comedians took a shot at James Harden that I thought was pretty he hilarious. Did. He said something, something along the lines that it was fitting that he didn't show up, kind of like his appearances in the playoffs. It's playoff Harden. He doesn't show up. Oh, burn. That guy was actually kind of funny. That looked like a tough crowd. What did you think about Harden not showing up? Oh, I thought, hey, come on, Harden. Don't, did someone tip him off that he didn't win? He probably felt which way the wind was blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, did you see uh, Giannis's uh, expression when Rudy beat him for Defensive Player of the Year? No. He, he didn't look overly happy. No? But yeah, but he got when, the MVP. When he, when he won on. the MVP, man, anybody who heard that speech had to be pleased with the sincerity. Talking about his dad. Oh, man. Yeah, that Just, was amazing. Uh, he had the tears. Tears in his eyes, I guess, and uh, just talking about how much it meant to him. And I, that was very moving. That was heartfelt and uh, not a whole lot of guile or pretense in, that, in those remarks. And so uh, I think most people walked away from that feeling pretty good about the selection. Speaking of tears, what would you make of P.J. Tucker's Instagram story when Rudy won the defensive player of the what year? What did he say? He sent out a picture of him. With a look on his face, kind of like, really? Like that kind of look, you know? And uh, it, he said, actually, it was uh, captioned, really, if you cry enough. Oh, come on. PJ, what the hell are you doing? That's Bush League. It is Bush League. What's the matter with you? It gets back to what we talked about before. He didn't weep because he wasn't an all-star. He was weeping because of his, uh, the mention of his mom. His right? mom. He was thinking about his mom. I mean, <sighs> what, what is that supposed to prove? That's like the Houston Rockets sending out that tweet about how uh, Giannis is the MVP, but we respectfully disagree or something like that. And, and by the way, not that it would matter if he was crying over whatever. Not that it makes one big a, bit of difference. But the, the, there's a difference uh, from an optic standpoint. There's a difference between crying because he didn't make the All-Star game and having thoughts about his mother and getting emotional. Like, there is yeah. a difference there. Yeah, but that's a nuanced thing that people don't pay attention to. They just want to glom on to the other stuff. And here's the thing about, you know, maybe in all our listeners out there, maybe in your workplace or wherever, they sometimes give out recognitions of some sort or awards or whatever. And maybe you've won some and maybe you haven't won some. But big freaking deal. What difference does it make? Sometimes you win. Sometimes you get the plaque. Sometimes you get the trophy. And if you don't get the plaque or the trophy, then show some class. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're somehow diminished because somebody else got an award. I seem to remember you being pretty upset when PK beat you out for some uh, columnist of the year award. No, that never happened. It did happen. That never happened. I was working on that show when it happened. No, that was a fabrication. That was PK making stuff up. Really? Like I said, show some class. <laughs> I don't, you know, that's the thing. Like I said, you win some, you lose some, but even when you but lose, just you still PK. win. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, come on. The indignity of it all. <laughs> No, it's just, it's good. It's good when other people win every once in a while. You know, you don't have to win everything every time. No. It's okay, and it doesn't mean you're any less of what you contribute. I agree. I agree. Come on. Yeah. So what's PJ doing? (laughs) 
It's all working no, on. That's that's pretty. That's pretty classless. I I wasn't aware of a kind of a maybe. There's a thing going with uh, with those two. I mean, the Jazz have played the Rockets a lot over the past two years. Yeah, what, maybe what, there's something what else there. This isn't a PJ Tucker. What's what, what, why? What, what, what's your point? What are you trying to prove? Well, right now he's the expendable one in Houston, so we'll see how that goes for him. Yeah, I, I just uh, you know, Rudy. Uh, maybe Rudy will hit PJ with his wallet one day. Wow, nice. It all comes back to money with you, doesn't it? No, it's just stupid. Why, why, why concern yourself? Why show your insecurity? You know, PK got something that I didn't. Uh, any other issues with any of the other award winners? Giannis MVP. PK, what, Doncic, just, rookie of the year. Just if you don't win, then show some class. That's all I'm saying. Don't be all insecure if you don't win when you, even if you think you should win or you think somebody else should win. I can't believe PK won that. He really did that. Yeah, do that or you deny it for 20 years, even though it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just kidding around here, kind but of. Uh, you know that that that's kind of that's bush league. Come on, man! Does it really matter to you that much? You know, I think there is sort of this undercurrent somewhere out there that that uh, against Rudy. I, I think there is that. I think it exists, and I don't th- I don't know if it's because Rudy isn't one of the guys or whatever. Because Rudy doesn't care about that stuff. He's not trying to win a popularity contest with other players. He's not going to be out there with PJ out there, you know, buddying up. Rudy wants to win the freaking game. He wants to win championships. And yeah, he I mean, he's pleased that he's winning defensive player of the year awards, but he's not going to he's not going to uh buddy up to these guys, and I think that bothers some of them. And the fact that he's a center, you know, some of these guys want to reward the athletes out there. Well, he's made a lot of these guys look bad at times, too. Coming up next, uh, Brett McMurphy was on the station today. Uh, he works for Stadium. What did PK get that I didn't get? And uh, me one more time. Had some interesting things to say about the AAC and BYU. We will let you hear those coming up uh, right around the corner. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you about our friends at Ute Conference Football as they introduce their new flag football league. Boys and girls ages 5 to 7 learn to play, love the game, have a great experience. Come play football. Flag football. Sign up at UteConferenceFootball.org. More next on the big show. Love you, dog. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yay. This is DJ and PK. Time now to talk college football with Phil Steele. Well, certainly with BYU, the way they do things as an independent, they have to schedule tough forecasts as far as what they can do just in the first month. Only team in the country to play four Power 5 teams in the first four weeks of the season. They're probably going to end up an underdog in all four of those games. But I like this BYU squad. They've got 17 returning starters coming back and really impressed with Zach Wilson. I think if Zach Wilson can continue to keep that arrow pointed upward and improve, they've got the potential here. And I think they could steal a game or two. So my official call on the opening four games is going to be either one or two wins, and that would probably involve two upsets. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Check this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The end of the day today is Guns N' Roses. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Gordon, Guns N' Roses is bringing their outrageously successful, not in this lifetime tour, to Vivint Smart Home Arena on Tuesday, October 29th. Uh, get ready to rock as reunited rock icons Axel, Slash, and Duff make their unbelievable return. Set to perform 150-plus shows for over 5 million fans worldwide. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. And be listening tomorrow. Guns N' Roses tickets. Uh, that's what we're doing for Win Ticket Wednesday. Pretty good. Yeah, sounds good to me. Brett McMurphy. Boy, that took a that song took a while to get going, didn't it? Oh, November Rain's great. Yeah, it, has a, it winds a little bit on the intro. It's a long song. I think it's like seven, eight minutes long. Whatever happened to the days of those, you know, those album cuts that were like 19 minutes long? Those long tracks? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are, are, are the kids' bands doing those these days? I, I, don't know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, me neither. I, I have no, no clue. Beats me. Not so into rock operas anymore. Hey. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not saying that let's like go back me personally. To, let's go back to the days when they were doing rock operas. I love 2112. Tommy is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. The wall's pretty good. Not as good as Tommy, I would say. All right, uh, Gordon, let's talk about Brett McMurphy. He uh, works for Stadium, stadium.com now. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's one of the uh, the great reporters in college football. He's worked for a number of different outlets, CBS Sports, ESPN, that sort of thing. He was on uh, this morning with DJ and PK. Of course, news that came down a couple of days ago, uh, UConn is leaving the AAC, Gordon. They're, uh, they're going back to the Big East. And prioritizing basketball over football, which doesn't happen all that often. Um, but there has been uh, rumors out there that the AAC, well, not rumors. I mean, Brett said the AAC, or reported the AAC would be interested in adding either BYU or Army. Of course, raising the question, should BYU get back into a conference? And I want to play you this cut about the money. Uh, Brett talking about, uh, you know, kind of the financial ramifications of this whole thing. Uh, here's uh, Brett from this morning. One thing to consider with the American is if BYU did go to the American, they would make more money in media rights deals than they are currently with ESPN. So that would be a positive. If you said, what would you do, stay independent or go to the American, and there was an offer there, I would absolutely go to the American, and for this reason and this reason only. If you go 10-2 and and you win the American, you can go play in the Cotton Bowl, the Peach Bowl, or the Fiesta Bowl. If you go 10-2 and as an independent, you're not going to go to those bowl games. You're going to go to the Armed Forces Bowl, or you're going to go to Hawaii Bowl, or you're going to go to the Boca Raton Bowl because you are not a conference champion. 
What stood out to me there is that they could make more money in the AAC, which their their media rights deal is going to pay out about $7 million per school. But, of course, we don't know what BYU is currently making, and Brett maybe has a little bit more inside knowledge on that. Well, aren't the estimates that BYU is making somewhere around a $1 million uh, per home game off of the ESPN deal? I'm not, I, have, I haven't seen those numbers really reported. That sounds a little bit high to me. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've seen, uh, and so and on top of that, these bigger name teams that they play as an independent, probably they make more money off of them, you know, as far as lining up that kind of scheduling as opposed to going and playing Tulsa, you know. So I, I don't know. I you know, I that the the part that's that is the most significant is what he said at the end there about having access to these bigger bowl games. But it comes down to this. Would you rather have the kinds of teams that you have an opportunity to play as an independent, like you look at that schedule this year, would you rather have that or would you rather have the advantages that being in the AAC would give you and uh, and have the opportunity, if you have a terrific year, to go to the Fiesta Bowl, for instance? I mean, is 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 the one big bowl at the end of the game, at the end of the season, worth it to you to give up some of the games that you have now as an independent? Now, some people have said you can fit some of those games in still, but uh, you know, I, I don't know the realities of how many of those they could they could fit in there. But uh, the, the biggest thing for me is not even the bowl game at the end; it's it's having something to root for. That's what I was going to add. The the conference race, I think it it adds so much intrigue to a to a football season, and I miss that with with BYU being an independent. I, I think it puts more, you know, juice into average matchup games, even. And yeah, I, I mean, Jake, I've thought about that. You and I agree on that. However, is do you feel like you're the king of nothing? What are you the king of if you win the AAC? You win the league. Yeah, but I mean, what is that? Is that as meaningful as we're making it out to be? I'd rather have it exist than not. At least you're playing for something, where I don't think they're they're playing for a whole lot right now. And honestly, the the bowl access it wouldn't surprise me if BYU didn't value that all that much, because we're talking about uh, you know. How many seasons out of 10 years are you talking about uh, having the ability to go to that big-time bowl game? One? Yeah. Two? Maybe. So maybe that's not all that important to uh, to BYU at the moment, right? But And they can accomplish, they can have their bowl games early in the season. Right. In the regular season. I, I think they can still play an interesting schedule and be a member of a conference. I truly do. In, in both the, the case of the AAC and the Mountain West Conference, they'll have four non-conference games. Knock yourself out. Schedule the big boys. I think I think you can still I think you can still accomplish that and have a, a conference to play for. How many conference games do AAC teams Eight. play? Eight. So you could fit those in somewhere along the way. Uh, how excited would BYU fans be about playing the Temples and Memphises and Tulsas and uh, East Carolinas? See, this is why I would be more of an advocate for them going to the Mountain West Conference. But I'll, I'll, honestly, I'll settle for any conference. I think you can establish relationships with those schools, not unlike we've seen them establish uh, relationships with the WCC schools in basketball, particularly Gonzaga, because they've gone up there and beat yeah, them a couple Gonzaga's of times. Gonzaga's the only one. True. Eh, St. Mary's a little bit to a, little a, to bit, a lesser but, extent. Yeah. Uh, but 
I uh, see. I'm arguing if the both. money's even. I I would prefer to see BYU in a conference. I'm, I'm I'm arguing both sides of this because I have argued both sides of it in the past. Uh, I might delay that until the next TV deals are up. Well, see, the BYU's is coming up, and then the Mountain West Conference's de- deal is coming up as well. Yeah. So but maybe I'm, ta- you- I'm talking about the P5 conferences. What's that, 24, 25? Well, I don't – why Why would that be relevant there might to this? Be, there might be some realignment at that point in time. Right, but why would being in a conference now prevent – access to that when the time comes well i don't know it depends on the language of the contract didn't but right, seem to hold utah but, up too much did it well but right now byu is a complete free agent that can go wherever it wants to go i always thought that, uninhibited i always thought that the value in that was overrated i mean in uninhibited these schools are going to do what they want there's there you know you don't have to sign a grant grant of rights agreement to do any of this sort of thing Yeah, i don't know what the conference would require uh, yeah, I, I guess I officially don't know either. Okay, but. so so these are the teams that are in the American Athletic Conference. You tell me if this spins your beanie. Cincinnati, Good East team. Carolina, uh, Houston, usually Good a team. respectable pro. Memphis. Good team. SMU. Yeah. South Florida. Could be a good team. Could be some years. A program on the rise, though. Temple. Eh, not doing a whole lot Tulane, for me. Tulane. Uh, been good from time to time. Tulsa. Yeah, Central Florida, a good team. UConn, well, yeah, gone. Not anymore. Wichita State, yeah, not so much. Not in football, obviously. And I mean, if you're going to look at if, if the uh, if the American is going to look at other teams, I can see why they might be interested in Army, uh, just for geographical reasons. Uh, BYU is a long way away from these schools, and the travel budget would have to be uh, taken care of somehow. You can minimize that a little bit with how they split the divisions. Well, the closest team, I think, to BYU, the closest school is like 1,200 miles away. That's a ways. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. And McMurphy mentioned that most likely it would be a football-only membership because of the the other sports. Um, So, you know. But they're they're traveling an incredible amount of miles now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But with the with this schedule, for instance, that Tom Homo has put together this year, that's a pretty darn good schedule. You know, the problem is that BYU hasn't been really good enough to take advantage of those kinds of schedules because not only do you have to play them, you have to win them. Right. Uh, and as soon as you don't, then all the juice in the season goes out the door, and then you combine that with the de-escalation of the schedule later on in the year, and it just is so flat. It's so flat. Yeah, I'll go back to what McMurphy said. I, I don't really think that the the bowl game at the end is that big a deal. But the rooting, he does. The, the rooting interest that you bring up, I think that is that is a major advantage. Uh, but BYU doesn't want to trap itself into a league like it is in basketball. I, I don't think they want to do that to their football program. What do you mean by in, in a where league they have to? You know, I mean, okay, coming up on Saturday, uh, the Cougars are going up against the Temple Owls. Get excited about that, everybody! You know, they that, well the whole conference, top to bottom, isn't going to be top notch. But there's some schools in there that BYU would be able to build some interesting history with. And there are already schools they have history with in the Mountain West, which is why I still want them to go back there. 
I wonder if they could negotiate something similar to the AAC, especially if BYU were involved. Well, apparently the American is more lucrative. Right now. Yeah. But we'll see what happens when the Mountain West deal comes up. Well, geographically and historically, the Mountain West would be, you know, those are teams people around here care, at least have some frame of reference with. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I go back and forth. on. I'm arguing with myself on this one. I just – the thing with independence is I think the schedule – I think the season gets boring if you're not absolutely perfect – or pretty darn close to it. If you really think that, though, because if BYU goes 9-3 and three against a schedule like it has this year, I think interest is going to be high. Right up until the Hawaii Bowl. Well, I mean, but that's the downside. Right. But I'm not sure if what, uh, what Brett said is true. If BYU goes 10-2 and two against these kinds of schedules, are they really going to end up in the Aloha Bowl? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like, if they beat all these P5 teams and then they lose to, say, Utah State and Boise State, no one's going to be interested in them? Correct. They beat Utah. They beat USC. They beat Washington. Yeah. They don't Who have— else they got? They beat Tennessee. Then no one's going to no one's going to say, you know, that's a hell of a football team. I think we might be interested in having BYU come to our bowl game. No, because there will be other teams in other conferences that have the same record— that are going to get in first because they don't have to include BYU. Yeah, but ESPN is kind of a partner of BYU's in this and might be able to help them. They're also partners with the other schools that are 10-2. and two. Yeah, but they might have a little bit more of an interest because— Why? Because their deals with the other schools are for the conferences, not necessarily the individual school. Why would that make a difference? Well, because they have to— doesn't ESPN want to promote BYU because BYU is on its air so much? They want to promote uh, but that's a, a team that's a, that's because a they're on their issue. air. It's not an individual school I don't issue. think that there's a difference. Oh, I do. Why? Because it stands out more because they stand alone. And they have this deal. They have this outside deal with this school that they want to promote. I don't think it matters. Uh, I think they've matter. got a vested interest in all of college football, pretty much. Ironically enough, not with Notre Dame, but yet somehow Notre Dame gets in, right? Well, so the powers there's, that be. There's that. I mean, they're actually promoting NBC's product, but they still have no problem doing that. on high. I don't think it makes a difference. I really don't. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I just think that some people might be underselling it, the, the value of what BYU can accomplish if they beat the name teams on the schedule. Stay tuned. We'll have more next. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Fox. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. I want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans on Friday at Homie 10355 South Jordan Gateway right there in South Jordan. You know, Guns N' Roses does uh, two covers that I think they're actually better than the original. This being one. And the other, which pains me to say because I love Bob Dylan, but Knocking on Heaven's Door, the Guns N' Roses version was amazing. That, that, that is really good, yeah. Amazing. They were a great band, Guns N' Roses. Great Oh, yeah. Great. All right. Absolutely. Put that in there. You say so. What, what's your problem with Guns N' Roses? I don't have a problem. You just said uh, I, was, I was considering great. Uh, November Rain is, is an incredible song with one of the best music videos ever made. They had great covers, original stuff. Appetite for Destruction might have been amongst the best albums of all time. Great, for sure. All right, if you say so. I still don't like the the condescending way. No, that, not condescending at all. I just don't, saying. I don't know. I think they're really good. All right. What, well, what, you you what, keep what, going down what your, does that your mean? Talon. What's that mean? Talon agrees with me. Sounds like you're backing away. I'm not backing away from anything. I'm saying great. When I think of great bands, I think of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah, I agree. I put Guns N' Roses up there with the great bands of all time. I mean, you you keep doing your country thing, man, because you're losing your grip on rock. <laughs> keep doing my country. Keep yeah. doing your... I'm being dragged into the country music thing, and uh, I, it's not making me lose my appreciation for rock Keep doing all. your, your uh, whatever, Zach Blue Band or whatever it is, and, and you leave the, the rock to the experts. Okay. All right. What? You're so full of crap. <laughs> I'm I'm full of crap. You're uh, the one that doesn't like the Beatles. I I, I mean, appreciate. I'm supposed to trust the... your opinion when you downgrade the Beatles. Talon probably doesn't like the Beatles either. Talon has I never do heard like the Beatles. Of that the Beatles. don't go there. Talon has probably never even played. Tell me lies. What the hell does that mean? I'm sitting here questioning whether Guns N' Roses is a great band or not. Absolutely, yes. There's a difference between great and good. They're amongst the greats. Hmm. All right. Well, I hadn't really considered that, but I'm thinking it over. I would. Uh, the Beatles are not necessarily my thing, but I appreciate them enough to place them amongst the greats. Oh, then I talk about condescending. What? I just said I, I, I placed them. I appreciate them, them enough. To... I do. Their songs are just not my <laughs> favorite. about the freaking Beatles here. I know. We're talking about Guns N' Roses here, Gordon. Don't even, don't even go there with both of those in the same sentence. Come on. You know, you sound like you sound like that dude from REM. Remember who was saying that the Beatles weren't that good? All right, Clint Black. Let's settle down over there. <laughs> Just keep doing your, keep doing your country thing. Why? Because I like the Beatles. Because I'm not even going to besmirch. The name of the Beatles by comparing Guns N' Roses to them? Guns N' Roses are amongst the greats, yes. They're, yes. On, they're on down the line a ways. From uh, the From Beatles? From the Beatles, yeah. Oh, okay. Way on down the line. All right. Up there amongst the greats, that's all I'm saying. All right. Well, we didn't get much accomplished No, there, we haven't got much I wonder to where our listeners are on that. On what? On, on, uh, on Guns N' Roses are amongst the greats? Yeah, are, uh, uh, would you compare Guns N' Roses to the Beatles? Would you class put them in the same category of greatness or quality? 
Well, that's the thing with having a discussion about the greatest bands is it's plural. You have to throw multiple in there. You can't just say one and nobody else measures up. Yeah, but you say, yeah, yeah, the Beatles are great. Yeah. And uh, so is Guns N' Roses. Yes, they're amongst the greats. That's what I'm saying. But but you see the word greats there implies more than one. So you can't just say, well, they're not as good as the Beatles. Maybe my standards are higher than yours. Uh, Steve Young tweets into the show, says, you are 100% correct, Jake. GNR was awesome. Was an awesome band. Monson needs to pull his head out of the 50s. <laughs> you believe Steve Young said that about you? Are you, uh, are you having fun over there? You, you get one tweet that agrees with you? You have one tweet that thinks Guns N' Roses are on the level of the Beatles? I haven't gotten a tweet disagreeing with me. I'd read it if I had. I haven't, I haven't received that. Steve Young, of all people. Agrees with that your boy. That might be a different Steve Young. I'm reading it right now. Steve Young. I know, but there are multiple Steve Youngs in the world. Fine, but Steve Young just tweeted in agreeing with me. That's all I'm saying. All right. And you got one from Clint who says Guns N' Roses are not great. I disagree, Clint. I agree with Steve Young myself. Steve I've, Young, Clint. I'm going with Steve. Now, Clint didn't say that, the, that Guns N' Roses isn't good. It's just that if you say they're great... Now you've elevated them to the to the absolute peak of uh, rock music, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that. All right, I'm not. Well, you. I think they're good. I do think they're good. I really enjoy. How about this from Casey? Casey agrees with Steve Young and me. Says GNR much better than the Beatles. Come on, who was that from? Casey. Casey, you need to sort of. I mean, do you have? What's that disease called? That tinnitus? Is that what you call it? I, tinnitus? I mean, unclog the ear channels there and listen again. All right. I'm just saying, you know, Steve Young, Casey, I can't me, believe somebody are... says that Guns N' Roses are better than the Beatles. Come on! I'm sorry. They're I cannot accept that. Both amongst the greats. Oh, no, they're both not, amongst no, the greats. Man, Gordon, not like that. Not like that. I'm not going to sit back and just let people say that. That's ridiculous. Why not? Because it's not true. It. it Guns and Roses, pretty great. Judah, Judah, Judah. Yeah. See, there's your argument right there. Open up that uh, that mic. And I want to know. I mean, I know a lot of our listeners are younger, but I mean, I just I'm I'm hoping that we haven't gotten to the point where the generations that have followed in the wake of the greatness of the Beatles have forgotten how great the Beatles were, how influential they were, how uh, the, the mark they made on society. I mean, don't, uh, Guns N' Roses, come on! They were great. They're not even comparable. They were great. Guns N' Roses, also great. Please help us out here. Uh, and uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm preparing myself for there to be sort of a, uh, a, a younger take on this. And so, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I just can't. I'm sorry. I just I cannot accept that, Jake. I can't. I mean, there's a lot of things I think I am broad-minded. I, I can accept a lot. I can't accept that. Do you, do you want to take calls about this? Because people are calling in. I, well, we, we're really we're late. late. Yeah. We uh, are very we're, late. We're, we'll get to you no, people. No, we, we don't want to drag well, this I mean, on. We, we already spent one whole segment. segment on this. Well, yeah, I mean, but... 
gosh. By the way, kind of funny. Uh, well, no, we won't go down this road. All right. Well, we're right. I'm right. You're wrong. It's fine. We got it settled. Yeah, Steve Young I'm, agreed I'm, with I'm, me. I'm, I'm it's sure, fine. I'm sure that the world would agree with you on this, Jake. I didn't say that they were better than the Beatles. I just said Guns N' Roses amongst the greats, which would also include the Beatles, whom talent has never heard of. They are not on the same level. All right. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 is over. <laughs>